You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut to the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, it's Katie, and it's another episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast, and today I have Melinda Chichester from Healing Touch Transitions. Melinda is an energy practitioner and end-of-life doula, so I'm really excited to talk to you, Melinda. Thank you so much for coming on our show today. Well, I do appreciate the invitation, and I am so passionate about this work, so I'm just so glad to be able to share it with you, Katie. Yeah, so maybe, I mean, you can start by telling us uh, what it is exactly that you do and and how you help people um, with healing touch transitions. Uh, Are you... Um, are you looking more for the dualist side or my energy? Well, let's start. Yeah, um, you know, there's, you have so much going on. Um, What do you think would be like the easiest thing to start people out with? So... um, uh, around about four years ago, I was in community and I had a student in a, in a class who we do introductions and she shared that she was a birth doula. Most people understand the birth doula language, which is, you know, a woman of surface. We bring babies into this world, which believe it or not, Katie, I always wanted to do but life took me towards end of life. And so during her introduction, she shared that she was an end of life doula. And I thought it was, I actually had been called to the vocation that I needed to pursue. And so uh, I had been, I've been involved in hospice for probably 15 years in many capacities as a volunteer. I eventually became the director of volunteers. And that's actually where I found my energy work, which we can go into a little bit later. But, um, I knew in, um, with the hospice care that that was really my vocation. When I heard about an end-of-life doula, I knew that our birth doulas brought those souls into this world, and I have been so blessed to be able to birth souls out of this world. And so I just um, went and, and pursued education three and a half years ago. There were very few people who were really educating people like myself in the industry. And now it is truly, I think, a universal calling right now where we're bringing the educators up. And now the students are now being um, groomed to support their communities and do end-of-life care. And how is this, um, how is it different or how does it differ from hospice care? Like, a- <sighs> Yeah, great question, Katie. That took me a long time to kind of, Uh, justify the difference. And what I have found is that doula care magnifies the hospice environment. I am a firm believer in hospice. It is a benefit we all have. It is a way to support um, uh, those that are in transition and the families themselves. And what the doulas are able to do is that we're able to give uh, more time to a client Uh, hospice tends to have a checklist. They're very busy. They've got many clients and people they're taking care of. And so they've got to go in, do their due diligence, and then they have to leave. And a doula is able to stay there. And we 
listen to the dying and the family, and we work on how we can support and go deeper. And here's another area I found. Um, with hospice, there are some families who require that extra support. They're just not managing the thought of the loved one dying. There are family dynamics that are very difficult. And I really believe that's where a doula can come in and offer that hand-holding. We, um, we don't, I'm not a nurse, I have to admit, I am one of the few in this vocation, maybe not now, but when I started out, most doulas had a nursing background. I uh, went to nursing school, but life took me more towards uh, end-of-life care, believe it or not, uh, in a different capacity. And so I find that the doulas, or certainly in my practice, I can go in and make an assessment. I may be washing dishes. I may be supporting the uh, loved one with the plan of a legacy. We sit vigil. And so we really just, I think, tie the whole end of life package in a bow. Okay. And how did you bring um, your energy work into this? Well, that is my niche, Katie. So I found energy medicine first while I was the director of volunteers at a hospice. And I became a certified practitioner in 2011, knew that I wanted to bring energy medicine to end of life. My advanced training, I actually assess and diagnose the biofield. I know a lot more people are starting to hear that word, the aura, our chakras, right? And what I'm able to do is to bring that diagnosis and assessment to their energy system. I find, especially in our seniors, the ones that have gone through um, some early traumas that they might not have been able to process with a loved one or some family members or even, I don't know, psychotherapy. And so what I found was I can find congestion in the energy system which helps the client to let go of what is not serving them for the soul's journey, right? And that's another thing I find with hospice. They are exceptional when it comes to working with the physical body in transition, but energy practitioners, we work on a, an energetic level. And sometimes there are congestions in the body, in the, in the energy body that is holding them back from that ease of transition. I have a story to share, if, if I may. Yes, please. I had a gentleman who was diagnosed with uh, frontal lobe dementia, and he was on hospice for months. And his sister uh, uh, found me and said to me, Melinda, I, I know he's being taken care of. Hospice has got all of his medication under, under um, uh, being supervised. She said, but there's something spiritual. I know there's something missing. And so when I went in and did an assessment, I identified that he had, um, I work in something called Hara energy, H-A-R-A. And I have found that this Hara system for me is the transport system of the soul. And when I went in, I found that this gentleman the flow of this horror was missing completely. And it turns out, uh, 30 years prior, his son was murdered while he was in college. And that was a trauma 
that I don't think he was ever able to let go energetically. It gets held there until we're ready to release it. And so I was able to identify, he would scream out, very um, not very communicative at this point. He was uh, just yelling for his care. And through different treatments, I was able to release and create this balance in his energy system so he could relax and transition out of his own life. It was profound to see the shift in him. He went from uh, being in a wheelchair, moaning and crying, to finally resting peacefully in his bed until he could transition at his, in his own time. And so I have found that with energy, we are able to help our clients, at least I am, able to help my clients, especially when we know all the medication that they are receiving from hospice care, there's nothing more that can be done. We come in, or I come in, and offer these balancing of the system in order for them to just um, be in that place of uh, peace, less anxiety and frustration, and then they have that ability to just move on when they're ready with that grace and that sacredness. And how does, how does something like this work? I'm trying to imagine like you come into somebody's home and here you have a man with dementia that can't tell you his story. Um, how do you kind of tease that story out and do you have like tools and stuff that you use or is this all just um, some, something that you tap into? Great question. So through the Healing Touch program, that is the foundation of my uh, growth in the energy uh, field, we use three primary tools. One is uh, we use our hands as a scanner, kind of hand scanning. We feel disruption. We use a pendulum, which allows us to identify where congestion is being held or where there are blockages. And then as we work in this field, our intuition starts to really rev up and we start to tune into information. Listen, I am as, uh, I was never very psychic. I was intuitive, I think. But as I've developed in this work, I start to hear things, I start to see things, and it gives me information in order to help the client. There might be a message from a loved one, and I'm really, I'm serious. I would have never told you this five years ago that I could speak to those on the other side, right? I come from a very Christian background. It was against all my belief system, but as I work with those that are dying, oh, Katie, what I, I think what I love to do most about this work, there is symbolic languaging that the dying gives their loved ones to share with them what is happening in their life. It could be a tear of, of gratitude. Um, this gentleman who I told you about was with, he was, um, his sister was with him. And she had this moment where she saw the agitation in her brother. And then in the next moment, she saw this peace and this angelic look that came over him. And then moments later, he was back into that agitation and she absolutely saw that he had been visiting the other side and coming back. And through our discussion and helping her identify this, she realized he was telling her, I'm okay. 
I'm going to be okay and I need to go, right? And so I really enjoy helping people to see how the loved ones are communicating with them. A lot of um, people think that there's dementia going on or some kind of um, uh, confusion, right? But it's actually the, the dying person who is sharing information to let them know what their journey is and how they're doing in the journey. Well, that's a, that's a really interesting um, look at death. I, I think that we don't, you know, think about them giving us messages and, um, you know, to, to understand that symbolic language is, I mean, is this something that anybody can learn to do? Is this something that you have to be like? Uh, I think some are better than others. I do believe that my energy background has helped me to identify that and see it. And I've been in the hospice um, profession for uh, you know a, a, a little bit of time. Absolutely. Um, one of our beliefs with the Healing Touch program is that there should be an energy practitioner in every community, right? Uh, so I think, uh, anyone doing energy has an advantage because what happens is to be a practitioner, to hold that space for someone who needs support energetically, we have to keep ourselves clear, balanced. We call that self-care. If we don't do self-care, it is very challenging for us to hold what we call a healing presence. And so when we keep ourselves in that um, better state, right? We're able to facilitate that movement of energy. It can be very challenging. And I can just speak, I'm in a huge transition right now. I, my husband and I just moved from Colorado back to Pennsylvania. My parents are elderly. Um, I can't be their doula, but I can be their daughter who has doula, um, the doula practice in her, right? And so it was time for us to come back. And at the moment, it is all about self-care for me while I'm in this transition. And so that, that is one thing I'd like to give our, um, anyone listening is self-care is the key to holding, grounding, balance, joy, even in the midst of um, difficult situations. And especially if you're losing a loved one, those caregivers I think are the ones who need the most self-care while they're taking care of that loved one who's dying. So, so were you able to find um, a doula in Pennsylvania to help your family, your, your parents, or it's not at that point yet? Like at what point would you bring a doula in? Wow, great question. Um, I think our preference for me would be to bring somebody in who is still mobile, active, and communicating. We help to create legacies. And so if we have the person who is able to communicate what they want to leave behind, then it makes our job easier. If we get into the situation, into a, a family where they're already at that stage where they're not able to talk and we're just going in and offering support, right? It becomes more challenging. That's where we begin working on um, the plan of what the vigil should look like. And that's also something we'll want to talk to the dying about. Who do you want in the room? Who don't you want in the room? What do you want to smell? What do you want to hear? What, you know, we speak to the five senses. And so we create that sacred 
that sacredness at end of life. And we, our hope is that the dying will have, um, feel empowered to um, offer that information to us. And a legacy, I'd love to share this. This just happened recently. I, I haven't done many legacies. Usually I'm called in, especially with hospice, they're at that more of 11th hour. And so I was visiting my mom one, one trip and she has knitted Christmas stockings for our family for 63 years. I mean, these things, yeah, and they're very special to her. And so I was there one day and she told me that one of the family members wanted the instructions and she held those instructions to her heart. And she said, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving these up. These are mine. I said, mom, let's just think about this, right? What would happen if we created a real easy pattern and we blessed this family member, even if they gave it to somebody to knit these stockings, right? I said, look at the legacy you're going to leave behind. Her eyes lit up. She's like, wow, okay. And then we started to rewrite and formulate these knitting patterns. And so now I tell you, it is the greatest thing for me because those stockings are, every one of us, there's probably 60 of us that have one of these stockings, right? So it can be as simple as that, or a legacy is a collage or a video, right? And I doula will go in and listen. We ask a lot of questions. So I'm in the right profession, Katie, because I ask a lot of questions. <laughs> and so we find out what it is that, um, that this loved one could or may want to leave behind. It could be some trinkets, who knows what it is. And so we really go in and we integrate and um, merge with the families. And I think it's a very intimate relationship because we want to know what's, what's going on. We want to be able to um, bring out information. Is there, is there a part of their lives, the, the, the person in transition that um, there's been a trauma around, right? And so we really go in trying to figure out how to help and support what it is they need in order to, I like to say, an effortless effort in, in that dying process. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it sounds like a lot of this could be um, translated not uh, just to the dying process, but to kind of the living process, like as like teenagers or young adults or, or regular adults, that all of this stuff would be really important. Um, Absolutely. It's why I named my business Healing Touch Transitions. Although my, my uh, passion and joy is to work with those in end of life, anyone in transition, this can serve. Um, and I work energetically with those uh, in transition. If it's, you know, a mom having a child go off to college or, um, you know, somebody moving, right? Transitions can happen on I think they're daily. I think we go through transition, even a young child going from middle school to high school, right? So, and it does, and here's just uh, my passion as well, again, is how to shift and support the person energetically, right? There are so many tools to help people on a physical level. And I absolutely see the advantage in helping those energetically because we're not physical we just know we're not physical anymore science is really starting to catch up with what um, those gurus have known for thousands of years right but we're starting to see and get the science behind it which is awesome 
Yeah, no, that was something that I found fascinating. Like when they break the atoms down and you find out there's nothing but light and energy and, and that's what we're made of. And it's hard to like comprehend because it's like, well, you know, I, ha I have this arm here, but it, you know, at the cellular level, it's just energy and light and there's nothing else. And um, yeah. It is, it is. So that's fascinating. And it's, you know, with, yeah. And with the dying there, and help me if I'm breaking up, you broke up just a little bit, but um, with the dying, right? There are times where they just can't share what it is that's on, on their heart. We also do um, meditations, voice-guided imagery. I have another great story for a gal who, um, 101, I mean, she was as ornery as they come, loved her. She had been bedridden for months and being fed three meals a day. Maybe she was 100 pounds soaking wet. And I would, I, and doulas are very honest. We talk about death. I think that's another aspect of our work and hospice as well but we really talk about death what is it you want who do you want right what do you want your room to look like and so with this gal um, she had fear deep deep fear around dying and i found out through our conversations that when she was a young woman she had been locked in a garage these boys had locked her in this garage which she said it happened twice in her lifetime and so to her, death was being locked in this garage. And so in, to kind of give a different perspective, I asked her about what brings her joy, what gave her, um, um, uh, what brought light into her life. And she said she and her husband went to Hawaii. That was her favorite spot was to go to Hawaii. So the next day when I saw her, I brought in Hawaiian tropic lotion. I brought Hawaiian music. And so I lathered her up and played the music and I did a voice guided imagery with her and I had her sitting on the beach, looking out onto the lagoon. I then got her on a small boat and I took her out into the water and she opened her eyes and she's, she's like, no, I don't want to be on the water. I just want to look at the water. I said, okay, well, we're going to float you back to the beach and now you're on your chair and you're, you're looking at the water, right? And she was so relaxed. Katie, she passed within two to three days. Oh, well. She had a different perspective, right? And I, perspective has been a big word for me this year. It's so interesting. I think if we can help anyone in transition to offer a different perspective, and doulas, at least I do in my practice, I help the dying see a different perspective. And hopefully that just offers them that ability to let go, release, relax, and allow the soul to transition. So what is, is there kind of a, a um, cohesive idea that either energy practitioners or end of life doulas see um, that transition of death? Like what do you see as kind of like that next stage or is it just uh, uh, an unknown? Mm, I'm not sure I understand the question. Well, so, I mean, what happens, I guess my question is, pretty huge in that, you know, what happens after death or what do energy practitioners have an idea, like a, a thought of what happens after death? Is it just the energy returns to the, the universe or do you think they transition somewhere or they're reborn or is there a um, uh, something that you all, that 
a collective belief. You know, I, th I think it depends on the person. Again, I'm going to say perspective. Okay. I can tell you what I have experienced. And when I am in the energy, I have loved ones who come through and give me messages for the family members. Not always, but I also look for that information. There are some people, and my father's one of them. He thinks when he dies, he's just going to be, you know, in the ground and that's the end of it. So he has He'd a- being eaten by maggots and stuff. That's <laughs> <laughs> such a horrible perspective. <laughs> he has a very deep, deep fear around death. So it's going to be interesting as I begin to help him have a different perspective of what end of life is going to look like. And he's getting, he's not close, but he's getting feeble. Um, um, try to, I, I, when I am working with the dying and they're in that 11th hour, I intuitively talk to my clients on a soulful level. And I ask them to show me a sign that they make it to the other side. And I've had the strangest things showed. I get pictures. That's my intuition. We all energy practitioners have a specific language or um, information, how we receive it. I get pictures like a photograph. And so when I was with one client and I was working with her, she showed me Oreo cookies and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do with an Oreo cookie? Right. But she loved Oreo cookies apparently. And usually within around three days after the passing, I will get information and confirmation that they have transitioned. And so three days later, I walk into our local supermarket and it was the biggest display of Oreo cookies I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. And so I go, thank you very much. I'm so you know happy for you. Another person, it was sunflowers. I, she just, her favorite flower was sunflowers. And again, in the same supermarket, I don't know what it is about supermarkets. They're able to let me know in my supermarket. Um, <laughs> there was another giant display of sunflowers, right? And so I, I do believe, first of all, it'd be off basis space in the universe if our souls just didn't, we didn't have this beautiful environment to live in, right? This cosmic soup that we get to go to. And because I hear from loved ones who have passed, I absolutely believe that they are with us just not on a physical level. My grandmother speaks to me all the time. I get pennies all the time. That's a lot of people get pennies, right? My other grandmother, you're gonna laugh, she gives me parking spaces. And so, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so when I need a parking space, I call my grandmother to help me out, right? So I really do believe only from my experience that life does not stop when we leave the physical body. This is just a wetsuit. It's confined, it's tight. And when we let go of this physical body, wow, I think there's just, I don't even, I don't even know if I could even fathom the freedom. I do believe um, we, we can reincarnate. I didn't believe it at first. It wasn't part of my belief system. And I've actually said to the universe, I want all my lessons now because I don't want to come back to this planet, right? <laughs> I've reached the point now where I don't want any more lessons because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of maxed out on my lessons. But I really believe that um, it's up to the soul if it, if it has more growth work, if it has, if you didn't learn the lesson in this lifetime, yeah, I think you could come back again. So it really depends on, on I think, your religion, your beliefs. I just know working in energy, um, we tend to put boundaries and parameters around 
specific things in energy we can't it's it's boundaryless it, it, it we're all mixed you and i are connecting even through the you know through our phone conversation right i do long distance work and i i can do energy work it's kind of quantum physics on steroids right so we can actually do this work without even being present to the client and i think when we can broaden that awareness it could change a lot of lives. But there are some people that still think this is quite woo-woo. Um, others think this is the work of the devil. But I, Katie, the difference for me is that I follow the science. I want to be able to speak to the energetics of the research and the information that we're getting from um, those that are pursuing the the deep science of, of energy medicine. And it's yeah. out there, yeah. It, it's definitely out there and it, it, it is fascinating. And that's something that kind of brought me this way because like um, in, I think like what you've said five years ago, you know, having this conversation, I would have been like, you're crazy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I've come full circle. And now when I go into the hospital, people are telling me, you're crazy, <laughs> I'm not crazy. Like there's, you know, I've, I've just gone down this path and it just keeps leading me deeper and deeper. And I've even had a friend that's like, well, once you start collecting crystals, we're done. I'm like, well, <laughs> crystals have energy in them. Like, I don't, it's like, it's just something that's, you know, it's, it's taken time for me to get to where I am and I still have a long way to go. And here I wanna gift you with something so profound is because now that you have this knowing energy is going to start coming at you faster. This information is just going to keep coming across your path because what happens is as you, as you embrace a higher vibration, which is love, joy, happiness, right? Information, you will, you will manifest things people will come across your path that you'll be like, now, how did this happen? Right? But it's because, as we resonate, and I never got this, I just couldn't wrap my head around this vibration resonancy thing, right? But as I've grown as a practitioner, and even in my own personal life, if I am starting to slip down that slide of, you know, I get anxiety, i sure I have a little ADD from my mom, and I see it coming now. I used to just fall into the chasm. But now when I see it coming, I go, okay, self-care, get a massage, go take a walk, go, hey, I'm a crystal hoarder, go buy a crystal, right? It shifts energy, right? And so I'll do everything in my power to shift the energy so I don't have to fall into the chasm and I can find a way to be at peace even in the midst of the chaos. And I have to tell you, Katie, I am in, I, we're living with our son right now. We're looking to buy a home. Life is way out of control right now and i have to do what i can for self-care and believe it or not talking to you and being able to talk about end of life and energy medicine that is more self-care to me than just about anything i'm gonna my day is gonna be great once <laughs> and so really i do a presentation called self-care is good health care we have to remind the people in our lives it's the first question i ask my husband or anyone in my family when they're starting to get upset and anxious and I'll say, what are you doing for self-care? And like, yeah, yeah, I know, I get it, okay, blah, 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 blah. And so really self-care is what helps 
the vibration and our frequency to rise where we can then draw what information we need. So. Um, let me ask you a question about the business aspect of this. Um, so one, how did you know that this could be a business? And two, how was that transition to presumably you at, since the business you asked people to pay for these services, right? Was that a difficult transition for you and how do you handle that? I'm still in transition. <laughs> I am an, <laughs> I'm kind of an entrepreneur. A lot of the doulas who are going through the training are either volunteering and doing this in a hospice, hospital. Um, I, for one, have wanting, I am spearheading a career in this. And so at the moment, it's referrals by word of mouth. Now that I'm in Pennsylvania, I'm having to kind of regroup and refigure that out. Um, I had a challenge on how to charge for this. And so for me, I charge for my energy work. And so I go in and do what I need to do for the energy system. But then I will stay for two, three, four hours afterwards doing my doula care. And so that was the way for me to get in for my, my doula work. Um, interesting. I, when I was in Colorado, I heard of one gal who was hired by a funeral home. And so they have a doula on staff at the funeral home. And um, hospice is still a little leery. They have the mindset that they're doing this work, right? And I just, they're not embracing the fact that we hold even a bigger container supporting them, right? They can send us into a problem family that the dynamics are so severe, and you get those in hospice, where we can just integrate and just spend copious amounts of time. Because not every family has difficulties with, you know, someone in, who's dying, right? And so hospice is still struggling with that a little bit. Um, at the moment, what I've been watching over the last three and a half years is the universe has been calling the educators. So the educators are coming up. There's quite a few out there now that you can receive um, your, uh, you can be certified or just receive the education around doula work. Um, um, and so now what's happening is there is a universal calling on the lay people. Katie, I get so many calls from people who either have found my website or who've heard about me and my doula work and they call and say, Melinda, I hate death. But whatever reason, I feel like I'm being called to be of service to this. So there is this, I really believe the baby boomers, for some reason, energetically, they're wanting an option versus dying in a hospital or a nursing home. And so I think the doulas are strategically being groomed to support what the need is going to be down the road. Yeah, no, interesting, because I, I know my, my dad, he's watching his, his golf buddies and his friends start to die off, and you know, he's, he's getting very anxious about it, um, which I can appreciate. Very much so, and I think what I've, at the duelist, we bring the sacredness back. We help people to not be afraid what's on the other side. And, you know, energy practitioners, when we offer our techniques, we have an, 
specific intention when we do a treatment. But for many, they have a spiritual kind of an aha moment because we get them into that place of um, an altered state. They're able to realize that there is something I think on the other side. Um, so I found that that has been very helpful for people to be able to let go of their fear. It's really the fear we have to help them with and the anxiety and with energy. And that can be energy, any energy. It could be Reiki. It could be um, music therapy is like the it factor right now in um, how people are supporting uh, using energy uh, oils, right? And so I think it, it doesn't matter the tool that's in your toolbox. It's, I think we need, just need to bring energy tools to those, anyone in transition. And so, cause we're all living in this fight or flight, right? We're just all so anxious. And so just by helping somebody relax and people just, <laughs> it's so funny, Katie. We tell our clients that our, our sessions, our techniques support relaxation and people think, Oh, well, I'm just getting relaxed. And I want to say, yeah, you're getting relaxed. You're letting go of driving down the highway where people are almost insane anymore. You know, you're, you're, <laughs> you're letting go of the, the stressors at home and stuff like that. And so people, I don't think they realize how powerful it is just to relax. And that's what we bring. That's awesome. Um, Melinda, tell us about your packages. Um, how, and then basically we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up with how do people get in touch with you and your website, all that kind of good stuff. Um, so you mean packages for the doula care? Yeah, or? yeah. Like, so what kind of services, um, who could hire you and how could they hire you if they wanted to? You know, if I could switch that a little bit, Katie. Sure. I, my deep passion truly is I want to, <laughs> I want to be a keynote speaker. I want to be standing in front of, if it's an audience of nurses, if it's an audience of people who, uh, there's a, a wonderful community called the Conscious Living and Dying in Colorado. I want to be able to stand in front of people and help educate them on the benefits of energy at end of life. And so that really is where I feel the calling. Um, packages, you know, I charge by the hour for energy work and then I support if it's end of life, then I do the doula care. So at the moment, it's more of a, an hourly rate that I charge and they can always find me on my website. My cell phone is on there. And so really I want to, I, I just had this vision. I was going to travel all over the country and just be a keynote speaker and sharing. And especially in energy communities, there's a lot of energy communities. Um, nurses are doing this work. I would absolutely love to help nurses understand the benefits uh, about doing energy. I also, I'm an instructor as well. I teach our level one class for Healing Touch and I would love to bring energy medicine to more doulas. Uh, not a lot of doulas are, are doing the energy work. It's, um, uh, they're doing more of the experiential, um, something tangible, right? Energy you can't see. It's a hard sell. And I have to admit, it's not easy to sell to people. They really have to understand that there's something missing in the loved one's care 
They just know there's something missing. And here's how it is with energy. I'm trusting that they're going to find me. You found me. I, I'm not quite, that's right, with a, with a friend, another podcaster. And so I'm just kind of trusting that. Um, doulas, uh, I think it's, uh, packages are going to be different for everybody. Um, so that's pretty much okay. how I'm. And where can we find you? My website is uh, healingtouchtransitions.com. Um, do I give you my cell phone or just, it's on my website? No, um, you know what, I'll put that on the, on the show notes and they can find perfect. it there. And if they want to contact you, there's a uh, contact on your, your website. Yeah. I am currently in the uh, Delaware, Pennsylvania area right now. And so um, I'm willing to travel for this work, right? This is just... It's endless. And here's the thing, Katie, it is such a new vocation. Like, when did you hear the term end of life doula? How long ago? It's been within the last year, I think. Yeah, right? This is a brand new, I have spoken to people who've been in hospice who've never even heard of the term. Mm -hmm. So this thing is, um, it's on fire right now. There is actually a, a team of uh, instructors who are now working with the uh, NHPCO, National Hospice Palliative Care Organization, they are now bringing legislation to NHPCO to help them understand the benefits of end-of-life doulas. Maybe there'll be a, a, a medical code that we can su submit, but at the moment they are working diligently with the organization to help them to understand why this is a viable vocation. It's going to be huge. That's awesome. Thank yeah. you so much for all of this information, Melinda. This has been great. Yeah, please. Thank you for um, reaching out and let me share what I just deeply am so passionate about.